Hello, everyone. This is Alex Schiffer, the Missouri beat writer for the Kansas City Star. I'm joined alongside Blair Kirkhoff today, and we'll get into Missouri's impressive upset win over Florida in Gainesville and start a basketball season. It's, uh, it's overlap season for us, Blair. A lot of college basketball, football, and the NFL for you. How you doing? Doing great. Um, I just, uh, just a couple hours removed from speaking at the Tiger Club today. They, all the good fans uh, at the Tiger Club at the Westport Flea Market say hello to you, Alex, and uh, they enjoy your coverage of Mizzou. And as I told them today, um, what it, timing is everything. If I was there a week ago, we would have been so depressed and, um, and downcast over the loss to Kentucky, but I I wasn't there last Tuesday. I was there today, and it was pretty upbeat after after watching the um, the uh, the Tigers win so impressively at Florida. Not just not, they didn't just beat Florida; they dominated that game and uh, and and turned what I think is easily the best victory of the Barry Odom era. I agree, and I don't really think you know. People were asking me today on Soren Petro show, were you shocked by the result? We were kind of saying last week on our podcast that this was a game that Florida didn't really have anything that made them elite. They were a good, sound team, but they didn't—they weren't amazing at anything. And the question was, could Missouri come back from last week and, and rebound? And as you said, give credit to Barry Odom. I mean, it wasn't even just a, an upset win. They, they completely dominated all four quarters on both sides of the ball, and it wasn't really a conversation. I'll tell you what, uh, what what impressed me. I, I I went into that game wondering how Missouri would react. That, that this has has downcast as as they should have been after the South Carolina game. Um, you know, I thought they they had even more reason to feel defeated after Kentucky, the way that ended, and then where that put them in the standings, and what what it took away from them in terms of season long goals and. Uh, and I just thought, what, what, what kind of Missouri team are we going to see with, with, without really any evidence uh, of, you know, seeing a bounce back ability of, with Missouri in the Odom era, but uh, they bounced back in a huge way. And you, you know what, you, you were right. I mean, there, was, there, there were reasons to like the matchup. If, there was, if the emotional factor wasn't part of it, you would say, yeah, Missouri should be able to match up okay against Florida. I, I thought that going into the year that that would be the case. But then the, the season unfolded and Florida picked up some good wins, especially the LSU win. And, and at, the, at the moment when that game kicked off, there was no reason to think that um, Missouri wouldn't, would win that game. But they not only won it, they won it decisively. And, uh, uh, and credit the coaching staff for – um, for, for getting the job done and for finishing the job, something that didn't happen with the South Carolina the Kentucky games. Yeah, and, and as you said, just a very complete game on all fronts. I mean, the run game was very strong. Huge return by Emmanuel Hall. He had a touchdown, 77 yards receiving on four catches. Um, Albert Okabuevanam had a touchdown. He went down. Missouri's two tight ends as of right now are Sam Bailey and Blue Springs zone Daniel Parker, two former an offensive a former offensive lineman and a former defensive end, and the run uh, defense was good against the run. The secondary looks pretty solid. I mean, now I, to me, I think the biggest expectation is is that this can't afford a letdown, and it will be they 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 are poised to run the table right now for the rest of the regular season. And and if you're Barry Odom now, you can't. You can't let the team get too high, given the quality of the last three opponents. 
Well, that's right. Um, they're going to be favored in each of the remaining three regular season games starting Saturday with Vanderbilt in Columbia. I, I think the, on paper, the toughest challenge looks to be at Tennessee, but I think the Tigers will be favored in that one as well. So now there is um, – before the season, I had – I had Missouri at nine and three, and I, I probably had them a little inflated compared to others I was hearing. But I, I just I gave the benefit of the doubt in the toss-up games to the Tigers because of Drew Locke. Now they've already they're basically they're one and two in those games, um, and, and and it's taken them out of the chance to win nine regular season games. But if they run the table in the regular season and win their bowl game, they can get to nine wins, and you get to nine and four. I think that's a you know you, you get into the rankings you you call it a really nice season for Barry Odom um, and, and and something to springboard into next year maybe it helps recruiting and uh, and I think there'll be some good vibes about about this team if that happens I, I think they're still okay if they if they lose one of these final regular season games uh, um, what, what you don't want to see happen is for them to play down to the level of the opponent in, in any one of these games and finish. Six and six-ish, or you know, seven and six with a bowl loss, or something kind of, uh, you know, a record that makes it look like there was no progress made over the previous season. And then, and then you could look at the if that was the case, you'd look at the Florida game as an aberration. I look at it as when when Missouri gets its act together, they can play with just about anybody uh, this side of Alabama in the SEC. And the Missouri team that I saw Saturday, you know, runs the table uh, the ra- the rest of the way in the regular season and then maybe gets its way into a nice bowl game. I agree, and, and current projections have them looking at the Belk Bowl or uh, Music City Tax Slayer. Some think they can sneak in an outback on New Year's Day. You know, I think the one thing that I was telling people today, and, and people have said, you know, well, even if they win eight in the regular season, it still is a what could have been with um, with Kentucky and South Carolina. And I, and I agree a little bit on that. I think – even if they win anything, Barry Odom is safe going into next season. I think the big thing, he'll have good vibes and he'll have momentum on the recruiting trail. I think the only thing that he'll be missing to fully kind of silence his critics is that if he can avoid another game like Kentucky or South Carolina. And obviously some of those happen regardless, but I think the whole close games thing is the new thing that he kind of has to, the, the remaining monkey on his back. He beat a ranked team on the road. Drew Locke beat a ranked team on the road. They kind of silenced their critics. But I do think that the one thing that he kind of has to address because you look at his – I mean, last season was blowout central, whether they were on the the good side of it or the bad end of it. And this year they, they've had one close game, really, that they've won in Purdue where we were at, and the two that they lost were the heartbreakers. I think that there were common themes in all three that he needs to – that he he might need to address a little bit going forward. But other than that, as you said, he's back. I don't know if he gets a contract extension off eight, nine wins, the way he would be guaranteed for one at 10. But, um, but yeah, I, I think all in all, not a bad season. And two of their losses are the top 10 teams, and the other two are to a top 15 team and a, a team that's, you know, on the road. Ultimately. Yeah, and so there, but there are a lot of this there, but – um, the, my concern, and, and you you detailed it, it's the, you know Missouri tends to to win you know games that aren't close, and they have found ways to lose close games, with the exception of Purdue. And if you remember, they had the was it a 17 point lead against Purdue, and 
so it's 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 all about the closeout, and that's why when I uh, when I watched Saturday's game at at Florida, that's why I thought that first I believe it was Missouri's first possession of the second half was so important. But they were up twenty one ten, and I'm thinking you get a score here, and uh, the way Missouri's defense is playing, and you know, uh, and and uh, the quarterback Franks was just didn't you know they seemed to have have him flustered pretty well. Get a score here, and 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 take any mystery out of out of the game and that's that's exactly what they did and, and drew lock through through the touchdown pass it was a beautiful ball uh it, it worked out perfectly for missouri i i do have a you know I, I do have a little worry about missouri when when they're in close games in the fourth quarter their ability to put games away but uh it didn't come to that saturday down in gainesville Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State. And no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash sportspass. They have Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and Arkansas as their remaining three out. Vanderbilt, I was looking up, you know, they they're another interesting team, kind of like Florida, because they're they're not elite in anything. I mean, they're in the 50s to 100s in almost all statistical categories. But they've played a, a Notre Dame team that seems bound for the basketball playoff very well in South Bend. And they held Kentucky to two touchdowns and a 14-7 loss. And they, I mean, they beat up on Arkansas, but Arkansas is kind of the, uh, the, in the cellar of the SEC this year. That's kind of expected. But they have had some pretty good showings against a lot of teams this year, and I think it's a game that Missouri can't, as you said, play their level of competition and give Vanderbilt a reason to kind of creep into the game because they are a team that gives you some scares. Well, you know, you you, you look at what teams have to play for this late in the season, and obviously, you know, the division's clinched, right? Georgia's already won it. So nobody's playing for the division. So the rest of them are playing for bowl eligibility, bowl position. Bandy is four and five. So they they're still you know they're still in the hunt for a bowl game with winnable. I'm sure what they think are winnable games remaining on their schedule. After Mizzou, they've got Old Miss at home, and it's been a you know tough year for Old Miss. And then Tennessee to end the season, the traditional season-ending game. So kind of like Missouri, when you look at what's left for Missouri. You know, you think, boy, all, all this opportunity there. I think Vanderbilt has a reason to feel the same way that they they could get to a bowl game by winning two of their final three. And um, and you know, why not Missouri? Missouri hasn't. Uh, I'm sure they've they've had success against the Tigers in the past. It's uh, they've had success on the road this year. You you know the Kentucky and the Notre Dame games that you mentioned were both on the road for Vanderbilt. Um, so this is. You know, this is a you know a, a coach that might be feeling the heat and Derek Mason about his uh, you know about his future. I, I just think that um, uh, don't expect a, a, a three or four touchdown Missouri victory in this game. Vanderbilt's not that type of team. I I think this is a I, I think this is a, a back and forth game. I I, I like Vanderbilt to, to keep it close and 
And as we just talked about, I, I don't like Missouri a lot in, in games that are close. We'll, we'll see how much confidence though Missouri, uh, Missouri has every reason to feel confident. Let's see if they, if they take that into, uh, into Saturday. And, and this is a game that looks like it requires a, a business-like approach for the Tigers. Don't, you know, don't, don't let turnovers or special teams beat you. Take care of those things. And um, I think Missouri feels like it, it has a little bit more talent than Vanderbilt. And if it comes down to a talent game, Missouri ought to, Missouri ought to prevail. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I'm just curious before we transition to basketball real quick. You know, people talk about the bowl games. And, and as you said last week, I mean, there is a business approach to all this in terms of geography and the marketability of Drew Locke and um, – you know, everything that kind of goes into that. I'm just curious, are there bowl games that you look at that would be ideal situations for Missouri, both on the matchup end and the location and the business end? Because, you know, someone told me that they, they thought it was crazy to um, see Missouri sneaking in a New Year's Day with the Outback Bowl, but I kind of had a light bulb go off in my head in Gainesville last week with all these Tampa Bay Times reporters and these other people coming up from Tampa Bay because Drew Locke's being looked at as a future Buccaneer potentially. And yeah. I kind of had the light bulb go off in my head from my uh, reading of Blair Kirkhoff that, hey, you know what, uh, maybe they would sneak in because if, if there's more momentum, if Jameis Winston continues to struggle and there's more talk about the Buccaneers pressing the reset button under center, then maybe maybe they do it because there there'd be a big draw for the local crowd. And it's it's still a New Year's Day game, and there's a lot of marketability for Mizzou as going to a tropical location at, at this time of year. So I, I thought that there's a lot more options open because of that. And, and even Jacksonville's been talked about with Drew with the tax player. You know, it kind of hit me looking at some of those locations just of, as you had said to me last week, you know, there's there's a lot of legs on the business side and, and ticket sales of, of Missouri getting into one of those games. The it, it, the bowl business is an interesting one, and what what bowls and conferences and schools all want, or um, they don't always uh, it, it doesn't always make sense. The path for a good bowl game, uh, and by good I mean a um, you know a, a New Year's Day or a December thirty first uh, bowl game for Missouri is it starts with winning out, and uh, and so that's and that starts on Saturday with with Vandy. And it all and it continues with Drew Locke um, having the type of game. What was he? He was SEC Offensive Player of the Week, I, I believe, this week. So yeah. he continues to put up numbers and to, and to get back in the conversation. Maybe get back in the Heisman conversation with a, you know, with a with a fast finish. You know, having certainly having Emmanuel Hall back is, a, you know, was a big boost for for the Tigers in that in that regard. And it wouldn't it wouldn't um, help it wouldn't hurt things if. If an Auburn, you know, stumbled a little bit, and and, the, and there's more uncertainty with with Gus Malzahn's, uh, you know, his future, or or A and M stumbles a little bit, teams that you might think would be ahead of Missouri right now, in the pecking order, um, I, th- that's something to keep an eye on. For in the end, in the end, it's all about your overall record, your marketability, your ticket selling ability, um, something else that would be. Uh, would, would really help Missouri would be to have nice crowds at the remaining home games, which has been a challenge for for a lot of schools this year, but Missouri as well, and not have you know not have thirty five forty thousand people in the house, but have closer to fifty fifty five thousand in the house. That that's asking a lot, I know, 
but um, but but that also helps uh, when it comes to impressing bowl scouts. So what you'll need to do is when you get to the press box on on Saturday, see who's there. You know, see who's there from the from the SEC contract bowl games and uh, and maybe strike up a conversation and see what the you know run some of these uh, the, you know, these these theories by by some of the bowl scouts and see if anything um, uh, matches up. I. I don't. I, one thing I don't like is Missouri back in the Texas Bowl. I just think there's uh, there's going back to the same bowl is not good for bowl business, and bowls do try to avoid that. They don't always get to, but they they try to avoid that. So uh, that's one that I would put toward the bottom of Missouri bowl possibilities if if they won out and and uh, and all the other things happened. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to end on a hypothetical before we talk basketball. I was thinking about this earlier today. Let's just say hypothetically, and so this is this is uh, a hypothetical. If the Kentucky and South Carolina games won in Missouri's favor, and Missouri is six and two, on pace to win ten regular season games, and they're looking at maybe like the Capital One Bowl or something, but they wouldn't be in the division race, obviously, because of the loss to Georgia. Would Drew Locke be a contender to go to New York for the Heisman, or was he too underwhelming against Kentucky and South Carolina to where he would have the numbers? Obviously, one spot is reserved right now in New York for Tua. The other two are are a little more up for debate. But I it kind of I was thinking this morning that you know people are talking about the what if factor. I think Drew Locke's Heisman campaign would be in full swing if those two games go the other way. But I don't know if he would have the numbers and the performances to really warrant being a finalist. And I'm curious for your thoughts on that. Well, a couple things. If if they had found a way to win those games and have the record that you suggested they have, uh, there are a couple things at play. Absolutely, Drew Locke would be con- would continue to be in in the you know in in the Heisman conversation. And I say that because after. After Tua, I think you've got a you know a couple of guys that are in the Big 12: Kyler Murray at Oklahoma, Will Greer at West Virginia, especially Greer after what he did against Texas on on, on Saturday. Um, you know Haskins at Ohio State and and uh, uh, the, the Washington State quarterback Gardner Minshew, I think are guys that are are all schools are all starting to think about what how they need to get the words out on on them. But a ten and you know a, a Missouri that would finish ten and two, not only it would, it, especially if Locke had a little bit better. Let's just say he matched last year's numbers in terms of touchdown passes and yards. I think he'd absolutely be in the conversation for going to New York. And not only that, Missouri would be in the conversation for playing in a New Year's Six bowl game as you know either the third or the fourth team from the from the SEC with. Um, you know, a team that doesn't win the division or play in the SEC title game, but uh, but there's room in the New Year's Six game for a third and sometimes even a fourth SEC team. And uh, I think Missouri would have been, its, you know, would have put itself in a position to be one of those. You know, maybe the, in the Fiesta or I guess I'm trying to think the Fiesta is not one of the national semifinals. Uh, Capital but, One I, Bowl, I, I think, would be one, right? Well, I think the Capital One's not part of the. Um, it's the peach, the the cotton and the orange yeah, the semifinals yeah, this correct. year. So the so peach or fiesta, I think, um, would or even the sugar. I mean, one of those games, the, the you know the SEC title game loser would be in one, and then uh, uh, a couple of that large is available. So that's what that's what was potentially lost 
you know, in the second halves of the South Carolina and the Kentucky games. I, I agree that that's a fair point. Transition to hoops real quick. Busy day for me. I, I got up early to vote. I uh, had football media day and now um trying to get a few things together before heading out to Mizzou Arena. Mizzou opens against uh, Central Arkansas tonight. Quick trivia question for you. Which NBA legend attended there? I know I owed you one. No pun intended. Oh, I know that one. Um, it's uh, Not only do I know that, but I pre- I'm pretty sure that when Scottie Pippen played there, it was an NAIA school, not an NCAA um, uh, program. So, uh uh, yeah, it was, but uh, Scotty Pippen uh, was, was was is the most famous alum, or at least from a sports realm, from uh, Central Arkansas. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, well done. I expect Mizzou to win that game pretty handedly. I, I was looking a little bit at Central Arkansas. They uh, they lost a lot of scoring last year. They beat Conzo Martin's old squad, California, last year pretty handedly. But. Um, mm. You know, I, I think uh, yeah, I think it was ninety three sixty nine was the score. I mean, they just handled them. Wow! Wow! But, uh, that's yeah, yeah. So, to me, you know, I, I think I think the biggest story right now is is them against Iowa State and Ames on Friday, and and to me, the only takeaways from tonight are that a they win and it's not a scare, and b just where does the scoring come from? What does the offense look like without Jonte? Et cetera. You know, Kaza Martin has said that he's not changing the offense the way he had to when Michael Porter went down because of Jonte, because they don't really have that kind of time. They don't, you know, they only have so much personnel right now. So uh, to me, you know, I, I'm curious for what you think of, uh, of you think of some early season thoughts with them, because to me, I think the basic ones tonight are they win, it doesn't look ugly, and that who kind of fills up the box score for them. And I think Friday's a big test of because Iowa State obviously they're not picked to win the Big Twelve or you know Fred Hoiberg's not walking through the door but they are improved from last year and they Ames is a tough place to play and, and I think that that's this is a real indicator of how serious they can flirt with an NIT bid or maybe an NCAA tournament bid depending upon how it goes on Friday. Yeah, um, I'm also really interested in the Friday game up in Ames. Uh, just for, to watch both teams because we see a lot of Iowa State here as, as well. But but as for you know as for the opener, the things that I'm going to be looking for uh, are where where do the points come from and what what are they going to do offensively? Because I, I think I think the mo of this team has to be you know a real get after it defensively uh, a t- a team, a lot of hustle, a lot of scrap. Uh, to, to make to make up for the lack of an easily identifiable score. Now, it's, that's not to say one can't emerge, I, and I, I think there are candidates for that. I think Torrance Watson has a chance to emerge as a you know as a scorer for for Mizzou. And uh, uh, but but I think at least early on, I, I want to see I want to see them really really get after it on the defensive end. You know, create offense that way um, a, a lot it, until until we see them grow more comfortable together r- running offense uh, and, and and working within the, the Conzo Martin system. This is a team that's going to depend on guys that we haven't seen play in a Missouri uniform um, uh, to, uh, to to step up. And 
I wouldn't be surprised. I, you know, it's impossible to say who the leading scorer is going to be for this team, but I wouldn't be surprised if that person didn't average for 12 or 13 points and you had two or three of those guys or maybe three or four of those guys. Um, I could be dead wrong. I could, I could be totally wrong about, a, you know, Watson or, um, uh, you know, or, or Mark Smith or somebody else. But right now with all the, you know, there are enough unknowns to me on this Missouri team that um, – Go with what you know, and let's let's discover who who the scores are going to be and how they're going to run offense. And um, is Jeremiah Tillman going to stay out of foul trouble? Is Kevin Perrier going to be you know more than a uh, you, you know a guy around the you know a, a, an offensive rebounder around the basket? We know he can step outside and shoot. I'm really curious to see about his game this year and how he's going to react to becoming a starter. Santos. I mean, there's all kinds of interesting storylines. I'm looking forward. To seeing with uh, with Missouri, and I'm with you. I you know our Central Arkansas. I didn't know that about Cal. That that's really in last year's game. That's really interesting. I don't know how many guys they have back from that team, but I think a double digit win for Missouri in this game. And let's see what happens on Friday against uh, Iowa State. I agree. I you know you're talking about the scoring. I was saying to somebody that I think Mizzou's. Uh, stat sheet this year is going to be a game of shoots and ladders, where one guy has a good game. Maybe that vaunts him as to the second leading scorer. Then the next game, it's a different guy. I think at the end of the year, it could be five or six guys, maybe averaging close to or in double figures, but it's a 10.1 points per game against a 10.8 points and 9.8. You know, Jonte averaged 9.9 last year, stuff like that, where, you know, the, there's, there's like a log jam at the top of guys that were just, um, guys that were just, all within striking distance of that top spot. Right. Well, I, I got a question for you. I, what is uh, you? This is a guy you wrote about. I remember over the summer. I'm curious about Mitchell Smith. What What are we going to expect from him? Does he take a big step this year? He, to me, is another one. You know, so many of these guys, as you're saying it, just what do they look like? He was recruited by Kim Anderson as a traditional five man. Um, tore his ACL in the first game of conference play his freshman year. I think that was against. I want to say LSU, and missed all last season to rehab it. And then Conzo kind of made him a shooter. He added 20 to 25 pounds of muscle. And Conzo was saying about him earlier in the week that he reminds him of Colin Van Leer, where, you know, Colin Van Leer was a coach's son. Um, yeah. Always in the right spot. A guy that maybe you don't see his impact in a box score and, and always knows where to be. And he said Mitchell's a lot like that, but he's more of a slasher than a, a shooter or a traditional five guy now. So he's someone, you know, that we didn't get to see much of him in his own – you know, he played 10, 11 games of college basketball, and then he gets hurt. Now, to me, it gets interesting because Conzer seemed to totally scrap the game plan the old coaching staff had for him and completely redo it. And, I, and you know, he, he's impressed in the two scrimmages, Conzo said – and with his size, he's 6'11", you know, they, they need him out there given that they don't have a lot of size with, with Jonte's gone. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that uh, when I read that he had put on the weight and the, the strength and, uh, you know, a guy with um, who stands whatever, I think they list him at 6'10", um, I got kind of curious about him and wondered um, uh, just how he, you know, how he's going to fit in. It sounds like he certainly will be part of the rotation at least early. I, I agree. I'm never, you know, Conzo is only going to go nine or ten deep. Uh, something to keep an eye on. You know, KJ Santos has been in a boot for the fractured left foot the past couple of weeks, 
on his Instagram last night, it was him shooting around or, or appeared to be shooting around at Mizzou Arena late night. So I don't know if he plays tonight, but if they could get him back for Friday, it'll make things a lot more interesting in Ames. All right, I'll be on the lookout for that as well. Before I let you go, you've been to Ames a lot more times than I ever have. I've been told by Clayton Custer, uh, Mizzou assistant coach Cornell Mann, a couple of my friends that have all been up there that my eating spot is Hickory Park Barbecue, and that's the end of the conversation. Do you agree with that, or do you have a counter? <laughs> Hickory Park is um, is not only great for the entrees, you got to save room for the dessert. It has the, the most incredible dessert array uh, of, of ice cream, sundaes, phosphates, just kind of the, the ultimate old-fashioned dessert menu. I think, if I remember this right, I think the, the dessert menu is like the entire backside of the food menu. It takes up an entire page. So, uh, my gosh, that's what a, you make sure you carve out enough time to, uh, uh, to, to eat at Hickory Park. So, the game is, I think the game is going to tip like at 6 o'clock on Friday. Correct. You, you better you better get there for lunch because any you know before games in Ames you can't get near Hickory Park. It's that popular, that good, and and it's a great call on your part to to give it a shot. I, I will report back, and I will, I'm a big milkshake guy. I will absolutely make room. The belt will have a couple notches loose <laughs> uh, going into the press box. Before I let you go, score prediction for me for Saturday, Mizzou Vanderbilt. Um, let's see. Let's go. Uh, let's go. 31-20, Mizzou. Enough offense to, um, to to get it done, and, and enough defense to make it comfortable in the fourth quarter. Game is a it's a game going into late third, early fourth. Mizzou gets it done. Okay, I'm going to go 34-24. So not too far off from yours. Not a blowout win, but they have a little breathing toward the end. Sounds good. Awesome. Always appreciate your time, Blair. I guess I will see you on Black Friday uh, from Mizzou, Arkansas, and maybe I'll run into you in the newsroom or something like that uh, before then. Yep. All right. I'll have fun at Ames. Not only is Hickory Park great, but watching a game in Hilton Coliseum is an experience as well. Some of the best fans in America go to Iowa or go to Iowa State games. So have fun up in Ames. Sounds good. Take care. All right, Alex.